Welcome to Upward Together. By joining us, you are entering a community built upon exploration, respect, and non-judgment. We aren't sure where our musings will take us, but we thank you for stopping by. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did because we didn't do it last time. We didn't do an episode on Tuesday because we were just talking. <laughs> we're big dumb. <laughs> um, we're recording now, and we're probably just going to keep it unfiltered, and then I'll edit out like this stuff right now. More work for me. Rossiter, Pennsylvania. We have a listen from there. Who's out in Denmark? Uh, my host family, probably. Oh. We, for- we forecast your next episode will receive 57 downloads. See? Nice. Most people listen on Spotify. Yep. Yep. Oh, wait, I just clicked on Buy Me a Coffee. Oh, no, I clicked on Jethro. Wait. You can listen on all of these different things? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Not pretty much. Yes, you can. It's pretty much on everything. Oh, for some reason, when I logged in this time, I went just to the, to this page instead of, and I still can't see it. You still can't see it. <laughs> still can't see it. Okay, cool. This page instead of, like the analytics page. I don't know why. What is the RSS link for this? What are we talking about today? I had something I wanted to talk about, but now I it slipped my mind. I have to think. I have to think. Do you have anything on your mind? What's on my mind? What do we, what is our goal? We don't have goals. What is our system? What are we making? What are we doing? (laughs) We just have an existential crisis for an episode. I was supposed to, I was supposed to be thinking about this. Yeah, you were supposed to be music. Yeah, but you had a, you had a brainstorming, but you had a, my onus. But you had your, you had a, you had a time. You had personal time, so. I'm just not sure. Which is not useful. You have to, I think you just have to start writing. Just writing? And just literally, on it. I think it's just word vomit at first. I, that's how I do it, at least. Nothing's organized when I first come up with an idea. It's just a bunch of things. And then I refine and divide 
um, to get a better sense of what it is that I'm doing. And I need to do a better job at that. I'm definitely procrastinating on fleshing out certain ideas. Fear, probably. Anxiety. I don't know. Self-doubt. It feels, yeah, that maybe I'm... For me. Like, it's not a, like it's not important enough. Like, it doesn't matter you know, enough exactly. for me to spend the time on it. Exactly. That, that I think it's a good idea, but it's actually not. And that when I write it out, I realize, oh, yeah, wow. I have nothing valuable to say. Definitely. But somehow I always feel like what you say is at least valuable to me. Then I think that's enough, right? If one person finds it valuable, at least, then you can continue with it. So I find your thoughts yeah. Even if I don't, even if I don't necessarily agree with with it with all of it, yeah, there's still value. Yeah. So even if you write something down and I go, I don't think that's right, or I don't like that it. That ain't it. Uh-huh. But it. I would have had to reflect on it for me to say that in the first place, which then adds mm-hmm. value no matter what. Um, but I do remember one time we were talking about uh, like how you it's you listen a lot, but but one of the things that you might consider to be maybe a shortcoming or a downfall is that you're not very I, I, opinionated. It's not the right word. Cause that there's a connotation there that you are trying to be divisive, but you want to offer more of your own thought. Perhaps maybe. Um, and with that comes the risk of people disagreeing with what you might have to say. And so it goes contrary to people pleasing or the people pleasing mindset, I guess, because you'll say something and there will be people out there in the world who go, yeah, I don't agree with that. But I think, but I I always think that that's the whole point is um, I say things that I believe or uh, agree with from my own limited point of view. And I'm always welcome to hearing how that could be challenged or how it could be better because it either strengthens my own thoughts or my thoughts shift and become a different sort of thought and never do I take criticism and take it personally. I used to. Um, but if my goal in life is to be the best version of myself I can be, there's no way that I can do that on my own. And so I'll say things that I believe to be true. And then someone will be like, oh, but have you thought about it from this perspective? Or I completely disagree. And then we have a really good conversation. And I either get strengthened in my conviction or I have more reflection on what that is. Um and I think I'm better because of it. So I think you just start. By writing? Well, you start by writing? I start by thinking. I do journal. Yeah. Yeah. I start by thinking. And then I sit there and I just think and I think and I think and I go, oh, okay, that's something. Just because, I don't know, a lot of people ask me like, important questions and I would like to have my own sort of thought on it rather than saying, well, I don't know. I just go with the flow. Cause I think there's a duty that we have as humans to defend those who are defenseless, to give voice to the voiceless, you know, and what does that look like and fighting for the rights of people who do not have rights. And in order for me to do that, I need to have a fleshed out opinion of what I deem to be right and what I deem to be wrong. And, I hope that over time 
there are certain things that I think are wrong that people can convince me are actually right. And other things that are right that people can convince me that are actually wrong. And I hope to be challenged and pushed all the time. Um, because I can totally have one conviction about something. And I know I'm really vague, but then someone who's actually lived that experience or suffered with that experience can give me a better light on it. But they would not have done that in the first place if I didn't first voice my if thoughts. You yeah. mm-hmm. If you hadn't spoken about it at all. Right, exactly. Because um, it's, it's that weird paradox where it's, if you don't know what it's like, you have to listen. But silence is also siding with the oppressor. So it's like, oh, so I have to be silent, but I also have to, I have to be, I have to listen, but I also have to uh, not be silent. And I always grappled with that, right? Because there are, I'm very privileged in some regards. So there are certain things that I have no idea what those people go through. Um, But if I'm silent, then I'm not siding with them. I'm siding with um, the people who already have a loud voice. But if I speak too much, then I am not listening to them and I'm overtaking them with my privilege. And I realize now that listening does not mean silence because listening is active. Um, Listening means that they're heard, but it also means that you change your lifestyle because you can hear something and not change. But if you listen um, and someone says like, hey, that hurt me, don't do that again. If I'm truly listening, then I'll change so that I can make them feel more loved and more welcomed um, and offer my support in a more active way because I do have certain privilege um, that other people don't have. I do have a voice in places that other people don't have a voice. And so who would I be if I didn't use it for their benefit? I think, I think that plays into exactly what you're hoping to do, at least with, the new endeavor of Jethro one, or I don't know if it's with, with upward together, what we're trying to do as well, but listening and then speaking by kind of redirecting to other voices, kind of decentering yourself and making yourself more of a conduit to say, here's someone who can speak more, accurately or from a, a true personal experience about something or if it's if it's not a if it's not like a social issue it could be with art or with any creative endeavor right instead of trying to be the faux expert on all these different things because you have one level of separation from someone who does it you know visual arts or physical art or music or writing connecting people and then facilitating those conversations. And I think we talked about it on Tuesday where we did not record anything, which is go us. But the idea <laughs> that leadership shouldn't just be a singular spearhead, like we shouldn't be looking to one thing, but we should be looking at multiple th- sources so we have a more diverse view on certain things. And also because the idea of specialization um, is important that we as humans do not have it in us to be experts on everything. And so rather than be experts on everything, you can quote outsource that and listen to other people who are experts on that. And you might not ever be an expert on the things that they're an expert in. Um, 
but that's why they exist so that they can be the expert on that and you can be the expert on something else. And um, because we're given different gifts and different talents, um, there's a reason why I'm not six foot six and super athletic to play basketball because that's not, I can outsource that to, to, to LeBron James, you know what I'm saying? Kind of deal. Um, what do you want to be an expert in? Wow, that's a really vulnerable question. I like almost like didn't want to say what I was going to say, but I should probably just say it. I want to be an expert in in love and relationship and communication, I think. Self-love more importantly. I think the things that you can be experts in are things that you really just personally suffer with for those who experience that type of suffering. Um but you know, you talk about the passion of Christ and and the word passion there is is striking because you know we're passionate about fun things like I'm passionate about writing passionate about music passionate about basketball somebody else is passionate about art but his passion was us um, passion of the Christ and he was so passionate about us that he was tortured crucified publicly humiliated and died for us and you realize that a passion is something that you struggle and suffer for and you will kind of shift your lifestyle to work around it. Um, I know when I was uh, in high school and I was playing basketball, like I sacrificed a lot of sleep. I was in pain. I worked out a bunch. Um, I was self-critical when I didn't do it well. And that's a passion because I pushed myself to be the very best. I, I exceeded my own limits and and so when I look at it from that perspective, um, it's when you really suffer with something, um, you understand that thing better than a lot of other people understand it. And so you're naturally inclined to be an expert on that thing. Or if somebody's an expert in science, right, the hours and hours they pour into research and failure and and not getting the right results, well, results aren't right or wrong, not doing it correctly to get the results um, and you have to try again, you have to try again, or you get rejected over and over, but you continue to do it. Why? Because you're passionate about it and it sucks and it hurts. Um, but over time you become that expert. I, I, it's really tough to be an expert in something without failing a million times first um, because you have to know what doesn't work in order to know what does work as well. Um, and I think that's a really cool mindset to look at it is that failure is failure, not that failure isn't, but failure is failure, but then it serves something because it allows you to be more knowledgeable. I, a lot of adults always tell me, it's like, don't do what I did. Do it this way instead. You know, when I was growing up and it's like, how did they know? Oh, because they went through it. They know what it's like. And for me personally, who went through a lot of mental health and not understanding love and really mistreating people. Um, and I think I do want to dive into that that's the topic that I wanted, wanted to talk about eventually. And if you'll give me the grace to talk about it today, that would be really awesome. Um, but because I went through all of that, like I understand it way better. And that's why I'm grateful for what I went through and how I've hurt and how I've hurt others, because I don't think I would have understood love otherwise. So. Good answer. <laughs> Thanks. That's my that's my classic that's my classic <laughs> response. No, but um what do you think with 
with that failure and when you talk about passion and it not necessarily being not necessarily being well or by necessity being difficult um how do you balance self-love with seeking discomfort oh seeking discomfort like pushing yourself like pushing your you know what i'm saying like pushing yourself out of situations versus giving yourself space or time or just recognizing okay i am tired or i need rest versus okay this is some negative narrative that i have that i'm trying to tell myself i'm not enough because whatever whatever reason whatever baggage you're bringing into that situation whether it's your self-doubt or other people telling you you can't do something how do you balance those without getting unhealthily fanatical or is there such a thing is it is it unhealthy based on whose standards (laughs) we talked about that tuesday as well seeking discomfort is one of my favorite phrases uh and i i can only imagine that jesus probably would have also been like yeah seek discomfort because um it's countercultural. it's tough most people want to be in the most comfortable position at all times always never hurt never get rejected um be stable, be financially secure, all of that, have good relationships and live a really easy life. I think most people want that. Um, so to say seek discomfort is to say, oh, let's flip that on its head um, and and not do that. Um, which is, sounds kind of counterproductive because it's like, why would I want to seek discomfort? I want life to be easy. Um, but I think you're right. The balance there is always really tough, but I think seeking discomfort is an act of self-love And as soon as you, what I always say is if you can do something and you still love yourself, then it's healthy. But as soon as you start to hate yourself, it's time to reevaluate what you're doing. And, and, and you can't really do that by looking at it from an outside point of view. You kind of sometimes need to just jump straight in. Um, and there have been plenty of times when I'll do something and I'd be like, I don't like this and I'm really pushing and I'm uncomfortable, but I'm starting to just really feel like I'm not fulfilled. And so that type of discomfort was not a beneficial kind of discomfort. And, and so it requires a lot of personal reflection for me um, to say, yeah, that, uncom- that discomfort, that uncomfortability, that's not a word, that discomfort <laughs> <laughs> is, is not good for me. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's like uh, rejection is really uncomfortable. But if you never take the risk of getting rejected, you'll never have the ability to enter into a relationship of love, right? So seeking that discomfort um, will can eventually lead to is vulnerability too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think vulnerability often is, oftentimes discomfort is is paired with vulnerability and an opening of it's something that maybe I've gotten worse at. I, I don't know with. Seeking discomfort, I feel like in some situations it, it's so easy for me. And then sometimes in the in recent months, it's just been I don't know, I wouldn't say I'm on autopilot, but um I think even starting this podcast was something another reason I was so fired up about it. Because I didn't know and still don't know, obviously, by our our discussion of what what are we doing what do we hope to be doing um but avoiding a paralysis by overanalysis yeah and doing as long as as long as through reflection it's something that feels fulfilling 
and I still feel positively about myself and about our conversations and about what we're creating. Yeah. I, I think the question, what are we doing is it's never a final answer, right? I think it's something you develop over time and will always develop um, because new situations arise, new uh, experiences happen in your life and um, you start to want to reorient your life differently. I think we do that every single day. Um, if you're intentional about it, right? I'll walk around and I'll have conversations with people or I'll, I'll observe things um, and I'll go, oh shoot, I need to think about life differently. Um, for example, I was walking my dog and I walked past um, these people who I think were experiencing some form of homelessness or at least just job insecurity. And I was walking past them and they pet her and they talked to her and they were like, oh, how much did this thing cost? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want to say the price um, because it's that privilege that, wow, I, can, I am so secure that I can afford something like this. And to them, it's like, why would you spend so much money on this animal when they can't even full? And it's not like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give my dog away now. I, 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 I'm going to take care of her and, and love her really well. But it is just that perspective shift of, oh my gosh, I, my life is privileged beyond belief um, compared to other people. And I think that humbled me and made me reorient in that moment again. Um, so I think for you, or at least what I did for me is there's no pressure to ever have that final answer of being like, I need to know what I'm doing. Cause that thing will change. That answer will change over time always. So you just got to start. Um, I, I, I know four years ago, the person that I thought I would be the, the person I was thought I would be doing something completely different from what I'm doing now. And I'm sure four years from now, my what am I doing is going to be different from today. And I think that's exciting because it means growth. It means change. It means um, diversity. It means becoming a better person. So, And we'll be able to keep track of what we thought, more or less. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing. I, you know, in anything, right? Like even, even business or art, you analyze it, right? There are metrics, right? You check month by month, year by year, if you're improving or not. And um, if the company, or even if it's not improving, just staying aligned. Right. Exactly. Um, So I think you should be able to translate that to personal life too. Cause if we're trying to make a company better, you're trying to make your art better. I think we're also trying to make ourselves better. So I think, you know, especially if you do daily journaling and stuff like that, it helps to see where you've been, where you are, so you know the direction that you're going into, or if you need to completely go in a different direction. Um, and I think there's great value in analyzing yourself in that way. Um, I know you're going to read back through my, I'm going to read back through my journal. I, I haven't, I've been journaling pretty consistently for a year and a half. Well, I guess since December, 2019. So almost, almost two. two years. Um, but I have not frequently gone back and actually reread what I journaled. I've never reread. I think I'm afraid. It scares me to know what I thought back yeah. then, you know? But I think it might also help a little bit. And that's why I don't delete 
I used to write poems and write things and then delete them and everyone would get really mad at me because they're like, oh, Jethro, that's, it's good. But also it's good to look back on and see how you improved from one to the next. I'm like, but I, it sucks. It sucks. I hate it. I hate it. It's bad. And I realized it was just that talk. It was like, if you think that, then you're never going to get better because it's about looking at things objectively, not personally. Um, and I might think it's bad. But then, okay, if I think it's bad, it must mean that there's something in it that I can make better. And then I can use that productively rather than in a very negative sense. And so I kind of pushed that away, that idea of if it's bad, I must suck and looked at it in a more positive light. Like I'm aware that it's bad or that I don't like it. That means I can improve upon it and make it better in the future. And so it just becomes a productive thing rather than a counterproductive thing. Yeah, well, and I think you personally have also moved past the idea of labeling things as good and bad which can be complicated at times but especially in the realm of art it's it's also that that judgment of something is heavily if not entirely based on where you are in this moment and the same way that you might look at something you wrote today and decide that you don't really like it you might look at the same thing in five years and say that was the best thing i ever wrote right Right. I, I, I think about, you know, musical artists who look back on their work when they were like younger and they go, yeah, that's not me today. Like, I don't relate with that kind of work at all. I'm no longer heartbroken. Um, but the healthy relationship in that with that is saying, yeah, but that was who I was then. That's what I believe then. And look at that growth that I had. Um, and that's a phenomenal thing because it's never about, for me, I guess, how great something is. It's about did you improve and did you grow from where you were before? And if you did, then that's all that really matters because it means you're moving towards something. And that's why I always like to say it's always about the process more than it is about the final product. Um, because through the process, you develop a voice. And I'm talking now about art, but this kind of applies anywhere. Um, I was talking to a friend who does visual art or painting um, more specifically and it was just like, you could, the final piece itself was beautiful, but hearing the intentionality behind it and how beautiful it is um, and how much hard work it took, it was like, well, now I can understand the character and the meaning behind this art and it had infinitely more value than just the final product. And I think there's something to be said about delayed gratification, emphasizing the the process of certain things, of certain work, of, of everything. Um, like really good relationships take time. Uh, really good ideas take time. Really good anything takes time. I mean, if you want a really good healthy body, it takes time. You have to develop a good system, a good diet, a good workout routine. You can't just go one day, boom, now I'm healthy. Anything good and long lasting takes time. Um, and I think we need to appreciate, especially in this day and age, right, where we look at social media especially and everything's instant gratification you look at somebody who 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 succeeded and you're like oh my gosh they would i could never be like them but like we said you don't see the years and years of work that they did to get to that point um or the months and hours that they poured into that piece you only see the final result because that's kind of how life works you only show the final results like you know billy eilish releases an album and people are like oh yeah wow she's a naturally gifted singer um naturally gifted musician but it's like how much work was poured into it you don't really see 
And I think we want, I want to emphasize that part of it more. And even beyond the work that you don't see, I feel like even less often, if you do see the work, someone may have been trying to make music themselves for years and years. And at this point in 2021, there could be a years long trail on the internet of them starting in their humble beginnings. But I feel like even less common is seeing all the sacrifices that someone makes. I mean, if, 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 if you don't see the work that they put in, it's even less likely that you're seeing all the things that they had to say no to, you know, in terms of whether it's a standard, well, and also this is not, I'm not saying that this is the benchmark, but not going to college or not having a standard undergrad, undergraduate education, I think in a lot of ways, deciding for yourself, okay, I'm not going to do that. It's not for me. takes a lot of awareness because at least I know my entire life and in my high school, more or less, um, that's kind of the, like, if you're doing well, that's the trajectory that you're put on. So to say, you know, I'm passionate about music or I'm passionate about filmmaking or something and totally it askew. Is that the word? Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's askew. <laughs> um, what, what the dominant narrative might be for what is good or what is right or what is successful is terrifying to me. I mean, oh. I'm still work. I'm still working on. We we talked about, um, what the next steps for my life might look like on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Everyone's like, "What happened on Tuesday?" Jeez. On Tuesday, yeah, we just had this great conversation. But it's 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 cool that we don't record every every everything. Um, but we realized that we probably should have recorded that conversation because we can look back on it and reflect and be, and and use it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's almost paralyzing, but also exhilarating to even consider what if I just totally did something different from what I even expected myself right now and try to hypothesize about how that would make me feel. Yeah. I, I, I always like to compare it to, to faith um, and people are always like, Jethro, why are you so open-minded to learning about different faiths, like non-Catholic faith um, within the Christian realm, but also um, non-Christian faiths? And it's just like, because I want to challenge the very notion of my own life and my own convictions because if I challenge it and it still stands strong, then I know it's even more true than it was before. Or I realize that my convictions aren't that right and I get to sh- reshape it. There's, It's almost like it's a win-win no matter what. I will always go into the right direction if I have an open mind. Um, because it's not like when I learn about other faiths, it means that I'm doubting necessarily or questioning. It's like, well, what if? Jethro, what if you just thought about it? How much does it change your life? And so especially, and then now you apply it to, you know, your vocation or what you want to do in life. Uh, Let's say you thought you were going to be a banker your entire life. What if you just sat there and went, what if I wasn't a banker? And like really went into that and thought about other avenues. And then you looked at all the avenues. And if you still decide that the banker avenue is the best avenue, now you know even more 
than you did before because you put it up against so many other things. But there could be a chance you see another avenue and you're like, oh no, that one's way better. But you never would have known that had you not tried. And either way, it's a win-win. But how how long can you extend that? At what point is it no longer worth it and it's kind of... Kind of... Chasing the next shiny object instead of being grounded in your principles and your beliefs. Yeah, definitely a tough question. It's the same with the relationship, right? Uh, Right, 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 right. At what point is it like, oh, wow, I am no longer fulfilled in this relationship. Um, When is it like, oh, that means it's time to look for the next shiny object? Or when is it like, no, I committed, I got to push through. And I think this is why commitment is so important. Um, I think once you commit to something after doing the intentional sort of thinking about the commitment. Yeah. It's important to think before you commit. Yeah, exactly. And I think once you make that, I think committing to things is also important. Yes. And, and, and so it's the intentionality before the commitment that makes you realize it was the right choice. And then after the commitment, when you start doubting the choice, not doubting, but maybe questioning it, you honor the commitment above the feeling. Um, because you knew it to be true when you made the conviction. And so uh, let's say you wanted to be a doctor um, and you thought about it long and hard and you're like, yes, that is the right choice. I mean, you make that commitment. I'm going with that all the way. And then at some point you're like, oh, I'm having doubts. I don't think it's good enough. Um, Trust in your own conviction because you really went through all of the intentionality to get there. And so you just are in a tough spot. but, you know, there's something to be said about the concept of switching jobs or the idea of divorce annulment. If that period of sadness or discontentment lasts a really, really, really long time. Yeah, or if there's abuse or something that's... Right, exactly. There, and, there, is, there are some limits and exceptions. Yeah, and I, I don't know the cold hard rule, and I will not claim to know the cold hard rule of when it is, but um, you should know it in your heart. It has been 30 minutes. It goes by quick. It does go by quick. It does. Lee. <laughs> Good grammar. The but time I, passes swiftly. But for sure the next... fingertips like sand upon an oceanic beach. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I want to do next time? Is maybe read the starfish story and talk about it. Or read something that means something. <laughs> Both of we can us. read star- we can read starfish and, and, ta- and reflect on it. I think that's a really cool concept. I love starfish. So do I. Like the story or like starfish, the actual. No, the story. Yeah. Oh, you, oh. You, so you don't like the you don't like the actual starfish species of. Animal? No, they're pretty cool. <laughs> they're pretty cool. Um, but anyways, thanks, Josh, for the time. Um, I'll see you in person actually in like two days. That's pretty sick. Bangers. Anything you want to say before we? We close off. Love everyone. Peace. Thank you all for listening each week. It would mean a lot to us if you left a rating and review, as well as recommend the podcast to people you know. Your feedback helps us improve, allowing more people to find this podcast and muse along with us. If our conversation gave something to you, maybe it will give something to someone else. It sure gives something to us. See you all next time.